The Irish Rally Podcast is brought to you in association with PFT Travel, Tech and Tools, Rally Connection, SVS Productions, Hyravan, and Lines of Limerick. Today's offering on the Irish Rally Podcast, we venture into an episode called Diary of a COC, a perhaps borrowed term on a very well-known podcast, but with uh, good intentions, of course. So we have gone down the avenue of a lot of things here on the Irish Rally Podcast, but we've never actually done a diary of a COC and what it takes to, to run an event, I guess, and uh, make all that happen. So this is the diary of a current COC, an open, honest, and transparent account of how to run a rally in the modern world. Yes, indeed. You're very welcome to the Irish Rally Podcast. As we said, the diary of a COC. Here to talk us through it is the one and only Mr. Graham Scallon. How are you doing, sir? How are you, Kevin? Ash, we're flying it. Graham, obviously, you went in a COC for the Wexford Status Rally this year. Um, this is something that I've actually wanted to do for a long, long time. And we've kind of dipped our toes in the water with it, but we've never actually done it as a complete and entire episode. So, firstly, thanks very much for... Um, for accepting the invite to come on and um i know we have a good bit to get through no well, thanks for having me well look the, the first place i i'd like to start as i would do if i was doing any sort of a feature is maybe to get a bit of a background on yourself so um what do you do and how did you get to what you do today in terms of maybe your own life and how transferable do you think are those skills to the role of a coc yeah, um, Kevin, I run a food service business um, based in Wexford and in Dublin. Um, we supply into the catering industry, hotels, restaurants, coffee shops, catering, hospitals, so on, so on. Um, that's a family business that's been going on for over 40 years. Um, I would have grown up in that. I would have went to work before I ever went to school, to be honest with you. Um, outside of that, I have a chain of barber shops in Tesco stores around Ireland. So all in all, I've already staff working um, for me, Kevin. So I suppose the skill set of that on a daily basis of dealing with people, supporting your manager, supporting your team, um, really helped when it come to the rally for the Wexford Volkswagen Sages Rally 2023. Um, it's about managing people. It's about the process. And it's about being very organized in today's world. So the skill set from work certainly has helped me um, to be able to do the event successful as i would think for 2023 good stuff and i think you've touched on something very important there which was uh i suppose you were, you were working before you even went to school so that may sound sound very very subtle indeed but it's actually quite important so you've got a grasp and a flavor of what hard work is like from a very young age which i would imagine certainly did you no harm as you get a little bit older because you develop that ethic it's ingrained in you yeah certainly look and I suppose that was the case. You had to go to work in the morning before you went to school. Before you ever even got old enough to go to school, you had to work. And then when you got old enough to go to school, you still had to go to work in the morning before and you went to work after in the evening. Um, school wasn't really for me, Kevin, to be honest. I left school when I was 14 and I went to work. Um, and to me, it done me no harm. I'm not promoting that for other people out there, but for me, it done me no harm. 
I was a person that was able to get on with people and had people skills. So that sort of helped me get through life up till now quite reasonably well. And most times, anyhow. Yeah, and I suppose that is um, that is an important message. I suppose yes, uh, I would say stay in school. Don't go on your fourteen like Graham. But uh, you know, hang in there. Get get your leave and cert. And uh, if anything, enjoy the school experience, even if it never lends itself to any sort of a a career path. Um, going forward Graham but it's also telling me that if you look at like from the point of view of, of Scallons and Chaps Barbers and you do a bit of consultancy you know as well with businesses that it is not an absolute imperative that you have to go on and I suppose have a degree have a master's be a doctorate there is other routes there um, and that's something I suppose maybe that you can be an advocate of from from your point of view yeah, there is. I, I think there's a slight difference maybe in it as well, Kevin, that school of the modern age today versus what it was 25 years ago. It's, it's a different place to be and it's probably more of a nicer place to be now and a more, I'm not saying easier, but there's a lot more support in schools now than what there was back years ago. You know, classrooms are smaller and they have maybe the, an SNA in the classrooms as well. So there's a lot more support in it for schools. Um, technology has obviously helped come a long way as well where everything before was pretty much, you know, paper format um, with very little visuals in it. And as human beings, we take in visuals a lot better than what we take in reading something, and that's just how we do. Um, so I think it's become easier. Um, and look, we all have different um, ways of life and different things that we might want to do. and. They might work out better or they might work out slightly worse but it doesn't mean that they're a failure um it's about being happy within your life as well because there's no point in doing these things kevin if you're unhappy within them you know you have to go home with a, a happy balance to your life as well on a daily basis yeah for sure absolutely have to have to agree with that the other thing i suppose to pick up on there is you know um you mentioned going to work before going to school like i've had a conversation with you at half six seven o'clock in the morning so now that's that explained. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you'd still be an early riser. Like you're up, you're up at ridiculous o'clock, aren't you? Yeah. Look, I'm not the best sleeper in the world. To be to be fair, Kevin, I probably like four or five hours every night would be the most I would ever do. So I'm to bed late and up early. Um, I'm unsure sometimes how I keep going, but my body can manage it and I can manage it. Um, yeah. So look, I suppose is a part of how I was reared and how I was brought up. Possibly is, but it's me today anyhow, and there's nights you'd like to get more sleep, but sure you don't get them. Yeah, uh, and look, I suppose, again, it comes down to the individual and how much or how little that, that they need. I suppose there is a generic thing put out there, I suppose, science-based in many ways, that seven and eight hours is what people should get. But I've seen people that have done, you know, really impressive things and have been really successful in business and in life that operate off four or five hours. Uh, it's, again, down to the individual, I suppose, at hand so i suppose what i would have to ask from from my point of view is when you've all this going on um why do you put yourself in a position to be clerk of the course for a two-day rally um and how do you juggle all of that um i suppose why i've been involved in the sport for 28 years kevin um i joined the extra motor club 28 years ago i've pretty much done nearly every role that's possible to do within um, a rally from being a marshal to being a safety officer to being deputy COC. So I had done a lot of the roles. Um, and being a competitor as well makes you understand and probably respect that side of it slightly more as well. Um, 
because I'm lucky in the situation that I'm in, Kevin Whitwork, that it's very structured based and there's managers in different areas. It gave me the time and flexibility to be able to put my name forward to do this because I wouldn't have been able to take it on if I had been a one-man show on his own. I just wouldn't have been able to put the time and the commitment that I did put into it for 2023 anyhow because there was a phenomenal amount of hours that did go into it. Um, so I suppose I was lucky to be in that situation and that's where then the skill set would have been used to try and manage it from there. Yeah. Well, Graham, Sony people fall into that trap, don't they? That they... I suppose, I don't know, it's autocratic the best way of putting it, but they maybe either take on too much themselves or don't utilise what's around them. And ultimately that can that can lead to disaster at times. Delegation is key. You know, delegation is key and you delegate things out. You believe in the people you're delegating things out to and maybe they might need support in that and you give them support in it. But you have to trust them as well. Um, and if you delegate with people that feel part of something and they feel part of that team and that's what you're building you're building a team and you're bringing them people with you and everyone will start to developing as you go along because at the end of the day Kevin every day is a school day for every one of us mm -hmm. and naturally I suppose as you mentioned you serve pretty much every other role um, an apprenticeship is probably the best way of putting it before you go in as a, a COC Mark Cooper was COC last year and I know there's a, a particular story that we might bring to our listeners and, and viewers here about you know it's just one aspect of it but it's it's something that um something of importance anyway yeah certainly mark um coc last year and i was safety delegate for him and we had reverse roles this year um but we worked pretty much the same this year as we did last year to some extent up to the event and mark is one of the people within the club that puts in a serious amount of commitment and like mark I had to ask him to move out of my house last week because he was here every evening when I got home and he'd be here till two and three o'clock in the morning. But like last year, there was one night that we were here, I think it was about 10 to two, and we were questioning a distance on the stage. Now, when I mean question distance, we were about by 60 or 70 yards, but we were questioning ourselves and we got into the car to go down to drive them stages just to double check that we were right or we were wrong or where were we and it was half five in the morning and we were getting home now we were actually running out of diesel on the way home we hadn't got enough diesel to go home from ross but we managed to get home eventually but you'd say to yourself why would you do that but if you want things right you'll do them things and that's what we've done you know we've had great stories of it and great times out of all the years of this in the sport and certainly the last few years we've had great time we had as much good time in it than we would have had as a competitor because sometimes when you're a competitor and you don't finish your alley you go home with your head down and disappointed we're trying to get to the end of the event and finish the event and all the things after it but you have a self um pleasurable thing that you have achieved something good for the club you've achieved something good for the sport and you've achieved something good for the people that are actually doing the event so it's probably a slightly bit different where you're coming over very happy mm -hmm. and when you're obviously approaching the whole thing graham from a competitor's point of view which which you've been that's that's so important and you're able to bring a couple of those nuances and more than just a couple plenty of those nuances to the whole thing that, that maybe others might not be able to bring us I, I guess that don't, that don't have that background you know i suppose as a competitor you understand the as an organizer you understand the competitor size when you've been a competitor as well and it's about trying to get a balance then of working out what actually works there for everybody what you do get is you get a lot of respect from the competitors when you are a competitor 
and I guess it's like a, a musician respecting each other like that's what they do um, and it's pretty much the same in motorsport mm -hmm. so when all this comes about I mean when when do you get told or informed or whatever way the procedure works that that you're going to be COC for extra 23 um that was in i think february when it, that happened but we actually had started picking stages um between stevens's day and new year's day last year's when we picked the stages no matter who was going to be coc we were always going to be part of the team or the subcommittee to be involved in that um so we started last like it's, it's a nine-month job that's what it is it's a nine-month job kevin and it's a full-on nine months um of work um no matter what way you look at on a two-day event running 18 stages you have a lot of things going on in it and to balance it out correctly for yourself the nine months works better because when you're doing it in six it's too compact in and it's mm. all much you know and it becomes it gets into your own life then because at the end of the day we all have families and kids and whatever people in relationships and so on so on so we can't burn people out if we spread it out longer we can start to get more out of people as well including myself Mm. You boys must have really wanted to stay with the pub during Christmas if you did it between Stevens' Day and uh, and New Year's, did you? Or how did that happen? After it, we went back to it after. But look, the, there was a good crew there looking to big stages. Um, and how Wexford Motor Club operate all of their events is they set up a subcommittee. Okay, for mm -hmm. each of their events, the subcommittee is a really important part. Um, for all events. Because what it does is it provides an environment that allows more resources and time to be totally focused on that event and not blinded by other things that are going on. Mm -hmm. um, it also provides an opportunity for other members to take leadership roles, maybe chair meetings or be part of committees. So you're actually bringing people along with it as you're going. Um, mm -hmm. And that's worked really well. And to be fair, it's one of the really good things that was introduced into Extra Motor Club many years ago at this stage. So to be out there early, you know, we always knew we were going to be part of that committee. I wasn't um, appointed a COC. I knew I was going to put my name forward for it. But either way, if I was going to be COC or not, I was always going to be involved in the running of the rally and to be there to help. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't just going to do COC or not do anything. Wexford Motor Club is my club and I'm 100% behind it at all times. Can I ask, Graham, when you're establishing that subcommittee, is there any friction, I guess, um, and I, I come at that from the point of view of, I don't know, when it comes to making decisions then, does someone that's on with the standard committee have have um, ASA or do they feel put out by not having ASA? And how do you get, I suppose, maybe the right people onto the subcommittee? I come at this from the point of view of, just say from, and most committees are the same, regardless of what it is, right? You could have an unbelievable committee of people in a GA club. Right, and you could have someone who is an excellent builder, and then you'll have someone who really knows his football, right? And might come to a decision like just say, for example, uh, deciding on a new manager for for the senior football team, right? Now, a subcommittee gets formed, and maybe the builder would like to say in it, but the builder probably doesn't have as much knowledge as the other person. But they don't go into the subcommittee, and next thing, the builder could become somewhat frustrated. Is there a difficulty in trying to manage something like that, Graham? I suppose committees are never 100% straightforward, Kevin, but it really depends how you set out the tone for it because the subcommittees is open to everyone to get involved. Um, but you have to put your name forward for the likes of the chairman, the secretary, um, for them roles for it. And that's really agreed upon 
when the when the subcommittee has been agreed so anyone can go on to it but then more key roles in it are more chosen by the directors of the club um and the people there on the night that are green with it like in this case again this year pat coffee put his name forward for chairman of the subcommittee like pat brings years of um experience to the motorsport um he's been a coc himself in the past and he's done probably like myself nearly every role within the club so like that was pretty much a no-brainer to what how he ended up in the role um john pettit ended up being the secretary for the subcommittee and john is very good with paperwork so like that was understandable do you keep everyone happy within that no um not at all times but if it's open and transparent kevin and we're all treating each other the same um because at the end of the day we all are the same we're all individuals looking to do um one thing and in this case it was to run a successful two-day event so if things get a bit heated you just try and have to bring it back to reality we're here um as giving up a free time trying to make a successful event hmm. and shit or get off the pot well it, it is looking i've been the chairman of Wexford motor club in the past for a good few years and i think you always thought kevin if you're open and transparent to people and you're hiding nothing you can never be in trouble yourself number one and people will respect you for that number two they mightn't agree with you today on something but tomorrow when you're actually are being the exact same again they'll agree with you on something else and over a time that works out for everybody so changing subject slightly i guess to rally action template the live yeah. online sheet better known as the bible tell us about this there's a lot of items on it there is um we originally started this back i think i first put together the rally action template maybe in 2015 or 16 was when it started and back then it was in an excel format um but now with technology moved on we have that on the live online sheet um where the key people for the event can access it um it's i suppose we have 226 key item lines in it for 2023 we had um all crucial and all critical to run the event um each of them have a, a target date a deadline date an actual date there's notes taken on what was agreed who it was agreed with there's contact details and any other relevant information that's in there there's a few things i like nice about it is that I could be sitting here at home in Cross the Bag and one of the guys could be sitting at the far side of the county and he's logged into it and we're working away. I can see what he's doing, he can see what I'm doing. And it actually timestamps everything after of who done it. Mm -hmm. So there's none of this, oh, who put that in there? Who put that in there? It actually holds you to account of what you've done, um, which is which is good. And it's not that like you're looking to blame anyone, but it's just actually who did agree that after whatever, who done it? You can click on it and it tells you that information. Mm. Like, it's been to me the last two years that we've used it and used it online has been extremely extremely successful um it's also future proofing the, the event for us in my mind because you know god forbid someone gets sick tomorrow or to go get hit by a bus or whatever happens to them someone can pick this up and be able to go on with it and i think that's very important as a club that the club is has itself protected to be able to do that information is only good once it's available to everyone it's no good if it's stuck with one person hmm. that happens to that person because who picks it up next year it's a very hard job like if someone else was the coc for 2024 
every bit of information of what happened in 2023 is there for them with contact details, phone numbers, the dates and everything else. The job becomes a lot more easier all of a sudden and you're not like running around like a headless chicken. Mm-hmm. Everything is on that from like picking the route to cleaning up the days after the event. Every element was in there. Kevin saw like it really is a really, really important part of it. Um, and look at the Bible it is to me. Um, and it, it works so, so well. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. And obviously, there's a lot of work in setting up something like that the first year. And year on year, there's probably items added to it. Like, I don't know, was, was there 226 on it last year and the year before? Look, it's building you know? every year. There's building every yeah. year. Some things go on to it. Some things come back off it. You know, things might, you know, something else might have changed. Like, something on it a few years ago might have been a notice board. Notice board is gone, gone now and you have a sport to the app on it. You know, so things slightly change, but... You're building on something better, you know, mm. and that's what it is. Like, and even after this event, like, we'll have the debrief tomorrow night, and I don't doubt that there'll be 20 or 30 things will come back in there for recommendations to do, and they'll be part of that for next year. But if you're not looking forward, you know, you're not looking anywhere, really. Yeah, exactly. And uh, just something that came to mind there is you're looking to leave the thing in a better place for the next crowd, the next person whatever and that's something that really fits that in my opinion anyway that's how that's how i see it you know if you're doing this and you're giving it your best you want to feel you're leaving the club in a better place and as a whole the sport in a better place as well um because that's you're only here for a short time you're only doing your job Mm -hmm. Um, share out that information you know i don't believe in an environment of not sharing information i don't think you can bring a team with you if you're not sharing information if you're upfront transparent and everyone can see it you just bring more people with you. Um, and look, we use it, like, even this year, last year and this year, we use it for managing our, our marshals, our marshals' allocations to the locations that they're actually on, to their accommodation, to where they're staying. I could go back and tell you now who was on what corner where for the weekend. I can have their phone numbers there. I can tell you where the stayed in what B&B or hotel to stay in, and all that information is there. Like, on the weekend for us then, where we would have in the past with the new tracker system, you have to send in where each marshal is, marshal is. We just gave them access to the to the sheets on Saturday morning, and they knew exactly then where all our marshals were. And the beauty about it is, is because it's live. If one of them had a change for James Dorn, who was the chief marshal, and, and to be fair, I've acknowledged excellent job he done, and like James looks after our marshals extremely well. James can change that out on the stage, and if he needs to change that from Kevin Regan to Joe Bloggs, he can do that there live, and it's updated for everybody. Mm. You know, and he can do that from his phone, iPad, whatever. So it's it's live, real time. You know, I suppose it's 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 keeping up to date with the information that's there. You're not you're not looking at last week's newspaper. Mm-hmm. Can I just get a word on the marshals actually in general and the the treatment of them because Wexford for years has been lauded for how they treat the marshals, um, in a good way, obviously. And uh, I believe the the 15 euro voucher, I think, for, for breakfast, am I right in saying that? Correct, yeah. Yeah, yep. Yeah. So stuff like that, I mean, not every club can do it. I, I guess there's a lot of, um, I suppose, generous contributors that can put the club in a position to, to make that happen as well, who, as you say, it's a process, it's a team thing. I mean, all, all this needs to happen in order for it to work, but people obviously see the benefits to it, and then you have the reputational values, I suppose, that are now, I suppose, well, they're always upheld. But mm. you're continuing that high standard. 
and I guess year on year that makes life a little bit easier perhaps when it comes to maybe getting a marshal or two. It does look, to be fair to James Dorn, in the last two years, um, he's, to me, brought how you treat marshals to the next level and to the correct level of where it should be. In the modern world, for people to go out and take their time out for one day or two days to do things, we can't expect them to be something like it was 20 years ago. You're dealing with a lot more people, people taking photos, videos, you know, people are a lot more wiser to things. <clears throat> you have to respect them more. And to be fair, James is, he's a great advocate for that. And, you know, <laughs> we're winding him up at the minute, but it's a wind up, but it, it would be my true feeling. The thoughts and talks of WRC coming to Ireland, if I was to pick a chief marshal for, for, for the WRC, James Dorn would be the only man I would pick for at the minute. And that's no disrespect to any other chief marshal, but he does it well. His information is second to none. He keeps that sheet up to date. Like I knew every day for four months before it where I was with marshals. Every day I could look in. We knew we needed X, Y, and Z down to days before knowing that we had enough marshals. Class. Well, like, well done, James. Well, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, it's very hard to get to that situation, but James does a he's a very good communicator. And I think that's important as well. There's a lot of communication in being a chief marshal. Um, and like we even come from all over the country and all over um like people coming in from the UK as well. Like but he's good at doing it. He was down in the Cork 20 this year, um, and he was picking up marshals down there. I think he picked up ten or eleven marshals on the weekend. Yeah. You know? and again it's uh if, if ever there was to be a model to probably replicate uh that that is the the model that's the standard bear that's where it's at and it's a universal it's a universally felt thought and look i can't speak for everyone but i can speak for the the number of people that i've had conversations with a lot of them will cover a lot of events around the country and scarcely a weekend goes by where they're not on a junction and that's where you know that's where uh, the feedback is at in terms of that. In terms yeah, I mean, of... I oh, sorry, one thing on this, I suppose, and it's not trying to put, like, other clubs are probably a bit going, Jesus, uh, like, we are under pressure, we can't do that. And it's not to try and put any other clubs under pressure. It's what works for us, and we have to protect our own event. You know, it's not trying to put pressure on it, but I suppose for other clubs looking in, if that's working for us, it's a very simple process for them to try and follow that. Mm-hmm. And obviously something that you'd be more than happy to, to chat to people about, I guess, or James would. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Like, what we've done with it is, I'm not just saying that it's an extremely good system, very easily used, very easily managed, and more than happy to share with people how we manage that. Yeah. The stakeholders that you've to have conversations with over the entire period of time, um, and I suppose the, the nature of how those conversations change, like obviously Mortsport Ireland are, are key to it, but it's not just that. There's a lot of stakeholders. So maybe chat is true who all those um, organizations and people are and the amount of conversations and, and possibly how, how they can change in the days leading up to an event as well. Yeah. So I suppose, yeah, like Kevin, you have a lot going on there. You have the governing body, Motorsport Ireland. You have your MI officials. You have your local councils. You have the Gardaí, Fire Services, HSE, National Sports Council. You're dealing with care homes, sponsors, printing companies, radio operators, timing companies online registration company bail provider which is a very important part in 
today's world as well. Your fire extinguisher providers, toilet providers, commentators, all of these things are coming together and you're speaking to them at months out as you get closer, trying to bring them all together. And things can change within them. Like if we have a problem on a Friday evening with a competitor doing something wrong, we'd have the guardie on our back. If we have um, a situation where possibly, like if we look at this year, unfortunately with the incident in Sligo, and then with the Ironman in Cork, we ended up having to deal with something completely different with the council this year. Um, because of them two accidents, they wanted to look at our event completely at a different shape and format. Um, where they wouldn't have done that in the past, we would have went through the event plan with them. But this year, they actually wanted to go look at the stages and look at the whole safety of the of the event to try and prevent further things from happening. So look, things can change. Um, you have to deal with it. Um, again, it's back to if you're dealing with them open and honestly, um, you usually don't have a problem. I don't treat anyone much different, Kevin. I'll be honest with you. If you're the smaller, bigger, whatever you are in this world, they're all the same to me. So if someone is ringing me from National Sports Council or they're ringing me from down the road about uh, something that needs to come in there, a gate or whatever, they're the same to me and I'll treat them the same. And I think that level of normality helps. And I think that level of normality is also there from the core team within the club. Mm -hmm. And when it comes to selecting people for the different roles within the running of the event and all, Graham, I mean, how does that process work and how do you ensure that you get the right person for the right role? A couple of Hail Marys first, anyhow, it never helped. <laughs> I never harmed you, you know, Kevin. Um, look at Khmer, there's no, um, it's not like you're putting out jobs there and you're, saying you want an accountant and you want a driver and you want this this is people giving up their free time so what you're trying to figure out from it is is the people's skill sets and what they do in their daily life as well that might be able to add value to it um and then you're trying to just deal with people to put them in positions that would suit them and us like there's no point putting someone into a driving role that don't drive mm -hmm. that's just a simple way of doing it um we deal with a lot of residents, maybe 1,100 residents. And there's a lot of movements on the weekend of trying to get people in and out. You don't put someone into that role that's fiery. Very simple. You put someone in there that's very good at dealing with people and is nice and is friendly and kind and all them things that comes with it. So you're just conscious of how you, you manage that, Kevin. Mm. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the... One of the most difficult aspects is the is the canvassing side of it. And you do have to have a bit of a way about you. And sometimes it doesn't really matter how good of a way you have about you. There's going to be difficult people who provide problems. And it was something I was going to touch upon in general, not just in relation to that particular example, but adversity. How do you personally deal with that? And you know what, what measures do you kind of put in place to overcome it i guess and that can be as generic an answer as you want to give me or as specific as as how i asked it in the first place yeah well, i suppose look dealing with the problem head on is always the best kevin that's how i find it and get to the root of the problem as quick as you can and try and deal with that problem most problems are you're able, able to overcome them um if you listen to the person and you understand what the person's problem is on the other side there's no point in me going in my back up to someone without listening to them, I need to understand what's wrong with them first and then see, can you come to some sort of resolution or solution between you, which usually happens, you know, and like in terms of Canvas this year, we were, again, we were very lucky. Um, we had promised and committed to our own lads. If you helped us, 
you would get into the rally. Um, we had 47 different people help canvas this year. I remember going back years when there was five and six of us out doing it. So mm -hmm. like, we really brought that on. We've made it easy. We didn't burn out the same people by doing it. And people fell part of the team. Um, and that's simple for them. They go to the door with the information. If there's any hassle from that household, take the name, take the phone number, take the air code and pass it over to the next people. And that would be myself and John Pettit or whoever else coming next. And we will deal with it. We don't ask the first initial people to deal with it. We will go in and deal with it next. Mm. We would do a bit of background. There's no point in saying we want to try and do some background to, is there someone that knows them? What do they do? And like you try and find a bit of homework. Have your homework done before you go in you know mm -hmm. i didn't do it. i didn't do it in school so i suppose i have to do it now you know <laughs> this is so so this is a, a particularly mm. difficult question and first of all disclaimer i am not suggesting you are a yes man but if you have 300 people and they all have a lot of opinions and you have got to try and i suppose maybe listen to them make them feel listen to keep them on side is there ever a party that has any fear that someone would say, Asher, Scanlon will just say whatever he wants to, to that person. He's, he's a yes man. And uh, if so, would something like that would something like that body? And I'm not suggesting that's the type of person you are, but it often gets thrown around, thrown around to people who do their best with someone to try and facilitate their needs uh, and don't want to upset other people either. But you can do all that, in my opinion, while being honest. Um, so how do you go about getting that, that balance right? I know it's a difficult one. But, yeah, well, look, I, you know, I, always say that, I always say it as it is, Kevin. Um, good, bad, or indifferent, I, I will say it as it is. And sometimes hard conversations aren't easy, um, but they're usually just not easy for the person that's listening to it. But if you're being straight and honest on your side of it, that doesn't bother me that much and saying then things don't, don't bother me. You're looking for to do an overall of what's right. When you have maybe 300 people on the weekend, there's a lot of opinions in there, but... It's about listening to people and you have to make a decision on what the majority of people are going to be happy with and right. Are you going to please every single person in every single decision that you're not? Um, but as a whole, if you're listening and you you do the right thing on the majority of times, people are happy with that and people support that. Yeah. Like, like I, I wouldn't like to think that there would people be saying that I'm a yes man. I'd be straight on, deal with the problem, deal with it head on and say it as it is, Kevin. Yeah. You get, yeah, no, you get more respect for that, like to be fair, you yeah. would. Yeah, no, abs absolutely, and, and it's not something I'm suggesting for a minute, but it's yeah. it's from the point of view of trying to keep a lot of people, I suppose, on side and happy in order to make all of this work. And I suppose something that maybe you would see in, in organisations is if if one person does maybe get a little bit pissed off, and it's not to sound anyway disingenuous whatsoever, you'll find in time once they've simmered down that they love being involved in the sport that they love so much that. They generally will will come back anyway, and that's not saying it's okay to piss them off in the worst place. Don't get me wrong, but sometimes yeah. they can get pissed off, and it's literally not your fault. There's a there's an element of that I think, as well. It's about trying to get that sweet spot, isn't it? Look, and that happens again. Technology helps us in that. You know, I remember one particular small situation that happened this year, and within half an hour of finding out about it, it was all resolved. I had put three people onto a WhatsApp phone call with me, and we had resolved the issue. We all, talk, we all talked it out. Everyone said their side. Because you know what it was? People were saying, oh, he said that, and she said that, and I said that. But that wasn't the case at all when we all spoke. Mm. You know, it's like the fellow had his, his finger cut off, you know. Again, the story was finished over in the pub. He had lost his arm. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know so it's about getting to the, the root of the problem and dealing with it. Um, and, you know, you, again, you get respect for that. 
Yeah, you understand that, you know, to do. I think thick skin and patience so important as well. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's hard to have at the times, isn't it? It's got you to hear anyhow. What? It's got you to hear anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do run over every now and then. Yeah, uh, thick yeah, skin yeah. and patience. Yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah. sure, look, so, such is life and... Um, yeah, that's the that's the days that I guess, Graham. But we have a lot going on there, Kevin, as well. Like you have your whole marketing side, right? The marketing side is massive in today's world. Like a marketing event and online, getting information out. A lot of questions. Like on the weekend of the rally, we just had someone dedicated to responding to messages on Facebook. That's that was their job. That's what they took on for the weekend for us. Delighted to done it. But you know, we were getting back to people because last year that was one of the things. Afterwards, people were saying we weren't responding. So we listened yeah. to what people said. We done our debrief, and that was on things we improved by. Like we had a seven hundred and fifty thousand reach in the nine month period for the event. Like that's massive numbers. Mm. Like that's punching way above our weight. A two day rally that's uh, uh, not a round of the you know international tournament championship. Yeah, walking yourself into that one now because I've been dying to ask you this question. <laughs> I know. <you> <laughs> Yeah. Right. Let's get to the crux of it, Graham. Why is Wexford not around the tournament championship? A couple of questions. Why is Wexford not around the tournament championship? Have Wexford been approached to be around the tournament championship? What is the pros and cons um, to that happening or that not happening? Yeah, um, we haven't been around of it. Um, back a number of years ago, I did have David Gray down to look at the event with the hope of trying to get in. And he stayed with us for the weekend and he scored our event the same as he would score any other international event. And we done extremely well in that. We done actually better than most events that year. Um, but unfortunately, we didn't go through on the voting process. Um, at the time, we were disappointed. We haven't been asked about it, to be very clear. We haven't been. Um, and I think that's possibly a good thing at the minute with something else going on with another club. I think it'd be only fair that them things could be solved first rather than trying to move somewhere else. At this stage, where we are as a two-day non-international rally, five years ago it was probably a bigger thing, Kevin, but we are now, I suppose, looking at ourselves as a really good two-day clubman rally that we're getting to support off of the people, competitor, and the helper and it's probably not as big that's not saying we wouldn't take it if we got the opportunity we surely would but if it comes to us and lands to us right we would certainly not be saying no to it but as it stands we don't have it um and we're not going to try and open that door with something else going on to another club because it wouldn't be a great thing to do um as one club to another that are affiliated clubs is there any obvious drawbacks, Graham, uh, to say not being around? So anything that would make you think if the offer came, no. Um, there's got to be a few little things, I suppose, in that regard. Probably more costing to us, right? Um, would some of our own more local lads lose out if we got 20 extra cars? It would be the case because we wouldn't be able to start, you know, the numbers that we started this year. Um, there's pros and cons to it. Um, they'll all balance themselves out over time, they would. Um, but for now, Kevin, we don't have it. Um, and we are focusing on 
you know, as we'll debrief on this event, we'll be focusing on going into 2024 as the same as we were in 2023. Mm-hmm. And if that changes along the way, well and good. Don't, we'll continue on. We're, we're punching well above our weight and we're doing things very well for the um, situation that we're in. And that's no disrespect to any other club either. You know, there's there's brilliant events out there. I was down in Cork 20 myself this year and Kevin O'Reardon's a personal guy you get on very well with. And I know the commitment and effort that man put into that event. And like for him, he was very disappointed with the numbers that he got. No reflection of him or his team or Paul Brown, whatever. They put a great event together there, but like really disappointing for him. So like you'd say to yourself after, what if we were international? What would have done for us? Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to keep thinking outside the box and keep doing our own things. You know, and that's that's really what we are doing. Yeah. We're, we're advertised that really well like we're advertising our event very well Andy Hayes looked after the PRO this year like and he just done an excellent job um, from start to finish good guy again a, a guy that has his head um, turned on bang gets the information out there's no crap about it and it's done and if he tells you it's done it's done you don't yeah. have to question him you know and you know that's a really good thing to have in the club like if I look at the secretary of the event Margaret Doyle an excellent lady Again, if Margot tells you it's done, you don't have to ask her a second time. If Mike mm-hmm. Phelan on the account side of it tells you it's done, it's done. There's no questioning. And all of these people just make the event, you know, very easy to work with, you know. And Adrian God is our chairman as well. And like Adrian's another good guy in the mix of it as well. And you know, you see him there in the morning start, hands-on guy, he gets stuck in. Nothing about it. And we all we're all there to do the best. Like we work as a team. And it's all mm-hmm. about and there's a team and that's what we try and do down here try and tr- treat everyone equal you know and like we're bringing new people along as well there the whole time as well and even in the rally office where we've esther came in this year and lisa um who's mag's daughter been donkey's years of experience here she probably grew up in the rally office to be fair but now she's at that, that age and she's like she's she's really good asset to us this year mm-hmm. the other thing you know you spoke about there um I don't know, is forward thinking probably is the best way of summing it up, but I'm paraphrasing here. I don't want to be exactly quoting you, but 10 years ago, sounds like forward thinking, and I go back 10 years ago, but it was a, for its time. It's an example of it was the, the, the payment portal. The first club to, to have your own fully-fledged payment portal. Yep, correct. Um, 10 years ago, I was part of that. I set it up at the time, um, and that was at the time just to start with our membership and then we developed into our clothing on it and now our entries online i would say 80 odd percent of our entries this year were all through the online portal it does away with that whole thing of cash and the security cash on the weekend as well obviously um mm-hmm. yeah we were forward thinking back then um we've over 300 members now in the club it's a big club um a lot of that is as well because it's online it's an easy simple process um and that's where it needs to be at, and that's where a club needs to be at. It always needs to be ahead. Like it's hard to believe it's nearly ten years ago we set up an online payment system, and then you see others that don't have it yet. Yeah, no disrespect to them, but like you know, for us as a club to be in that position um, is great. And I think the way we've developed out the whole online sheets is the bible, as we call it. That's another real step forward mm-hmm. as a club. And like to be fair, it's an ambitious club. It's a quite young club. Like. The average age in the club is very good when you go to a meeting now. Mm-hmm. It's very good. And, you know, 
it makes a difference because we're communicating at the same level we're talking to each other we're respecting each other and you know can you help yes can you help no that's fair enough you can you can you can't you can't yeah plain and simple so i'm going to fast forward to the actual we'll say days leading up to the event and the weekend itself and mm -hmm. when i spoke to you at the ceremonial start on the friday um you were as calm as anything which i remarked upon you said i have good people around me and the work is done essentially now uh, the other thing, just on a slight tangent, is whatever about the ceremonial start last year, this year it was absolutely off the walls altogether. The amount of people that was there, the weather for it, I just thought it was awesome. I thought last year was awesome, but this year was simply incredible. So that was, uh, that was a roaring success, I thought. Now, from your point of view, as the days get closer, and let's go into the weekend itself, your phone does not stop ringing. Uh, in, when I, when I labelled you calm on the Friday, how do you stay calm throughout the weekend? Because there's hundreds of calls coming through. There's lots happening. There's so many moving parts. I mean, it's come Sunday night, come Monday, come Tuesday or whatever. I'd say there's more than four or five hours they've got. <laughs> yeah, look, and that's part of it. Look, and there is a lot of phone calls. There's a lot of communication of things going on from all the people above that I mentioned. There's a lot of people coming at you. I remember at one stage on the Thursday, because I, I was off, I worked the Monday and I finished up for the whole week to give myself a, a proper good week of being organised at it. Um, and I remember one day, I think it was Thursday, going back looking for a phone number, and I went back, the iPhone hold 60 phone numbers back, and it wasn't there two hours before that. The, the calls were gone, you know, from 60, we were gone past 60 calls. That's part of it. But why was I calm is because a lot of the work was done. I knew the team had done a lot of the work and I believed in the team and at no fear of any stage over that weekend on the Thursday, the Friday, the Saturday, was I worried on Thursday about how the ceremonial start was going to be set up or scrutiny was set up? Not one bit because I know the boys are professional what they've done. Dermot Roach and his crew looked after that, 100% professional, done it right, correct, bang. Um, Saturday, Friday night was I... Nervous was Saturday morning? No, because I knew the amount of work was done. I had been on the stages. I had seen the work that was done. Um, I knew the weather was good. The weather always helps in the morning, Kevin, to be fair. Um, from the point of view, as you know, your marshals are going to be, you'll have most of your marshals, and you know it's easier to get the setup done. So I wasn't concerned by it at all. Um, we had a very good meeting, a very my officials meeting, on, or shorts meeting on Friday night. That went very well. Um, our MI safety president was at that and he's coming to us that it's been the best ceremonial start um, in Ireland so far this year. And to be fair, I'm not saying it because it was Wexford, it was. And we were just very lucky with the weather because we had promoted it well and we had put money into promoting it. It's only as good as the weather. If that had been the wet Eden, Kevin, you know, you would have been there talking to a small number of people and soaked. Mm. You know, yeah. like, and you play your part in that as well, you know, and everyone plays their part in it. You know, and that's that's important too. You know, yeah, well, it's, it's, great, it's great to see it growing. To be fair, it's great to see it growing. Um, there's already a, an idea have developed out for next year um, to put that to a complete next level. Okay. So it'll be interesting to see where that goes. Um, we're meeting on it later in the week. Mm -hmm. So, so sounds, sounds sounds exciting. Um, yeah, throwing a little uh, what do you call it? Uh, watch this space type comment. That's uh, well, definitely something. I'm, it is yeah. what it is, you know. It is what it is. That's yeah. That's yeah. It. <clears throat> sounds sounds exciting. In fairness, now I suppose yeah. a, a real life example of of the weekend. I know. I think on on the Saturday, was it a four bale chicane? 
uh, I obviously know the marshes that were on said four minutes chicane. Um, and I say this like I don't mean to be sniggering at the whole thing, right? But the question I want to ask is when something like that happens and say calls come in and there's potential conflict, potential conflict is the way I put it, between maybe Motorsport Ireland and, and Graham Scallon. Now, I know one will supersede the other or whatever, but does whenever something like that happens, they can be difficult conversations in a real-life environment as a lot of things are happening at a fast pace. And I don't just mean the cars going down the road. I mean there's a lot of moving parts, a lot of things going on. Are those difficult things to to deal with at times when whenever something like that maybe goes on? No, um, and there was no conflict there with us over the weekend at all. We had said very clear on Friday night that we will be operating an open book um, scenario all weekend. If that's good, bad, or indifferent, we're going to tell you. And if you feel something good, bad, or indifferent, tell the same. And that's what we operated off all day, um, all weekend. Saturday worked extremely well. The weather was good. Our first stage was two minutes late starting, but we got all the other stages up and running on time, and it was pretty pretty military, I suppose, how that happened on Saturday. Everything flowed on time all day long. It was pretty military how, how it was happening. And that's that wasn't about me. That wasn't, it wasn't by accident, but it wasn't about me, Kevin. That was about the team on the ground of what they had done and the team of people that had put in the effort before the event. All our work was done and it was just it was an enjoyment part to see that on saturday and i was as relaxed as anyone on saturday and i was enjoying it as much as anyone i was actually being able to go into the service areas talk to the competitors coming in and you know enjoy the event myself mm -hmm. um, saturday went well sunday morning um the first loop was dry um that went well again stages all ran in time um again military someone said it's me graham it's running military um i've never seen anything like it and they hadn't left them five minutes and there was balls in the air everywhere kevin there was chicanes bursted out there was three accidents on three different stages on time it was like this this changed quickly but look you have to stay calm you're the leader um and you have to lead from the top you know so stead calm in the whole process there was a lot going on um there was there was spells gone out. There was we were obviously going to have to replace them to get them back in. There was accidents. You were worrying. Was there someone hurt? At this stage, I had the sports council that were ringing me to say that they were after arriving in Wexford, and there's just a lot of moving parts going on. And it wasn't wet and it wasn't dry, and that was really the problem, Kevin. If it's wet or dry, it's better, you know, because the surface people are trying to. If it's wet, they'll put on a wet tire. If it's in between, they're not the competitor, not and plus all the spectators stay out there when it's in between matters where if it's wet it'll be a few less there was a massive amount of numbers on sunday like the spectators the weekend were was massive numbers sunday was some of them said this were massive um but look a few problems the middle loop really caught us with a few problems we dealt with them very well um we ran i think at one stage into three minutes behind schedule um we got that back in service um obviously there's no problem we were able to pull it back in service and look we, we managed it um these things you know there's no 100 rally kevin i'm going yeah. to say that to you. we're not dealing in track events we're dealing in roads roads with different surfaces um people that are giving up their free time to help every corner is different every location is different anything could happen at any stage it could be a resident wanting to get out it could be a resident after turning sick 
anything can happen and you have to deal with that the best you can at the time so this is not like was the event 100 percent? no was it um very good event it certainly was um am i concerned by some of the things happened on it no i feel we dealt with them very well um there's nothing of a major red alert sticking out for me to say that shouldn't happen or that shouldn't happen unfortunately like things happen and this is what it is it's not track racing where it's going to be pretty precision what's going to happen a car goes off he goes into the stone pit someone throws him out you know mm -hmm. it's not that this is rallying we know that yeah. it's, it's it's bigger stuff you know yeah yeah no for sure i get that and look uh, there's a couple of things i suppose just before we we finish up and we have covered a lot there's probably a lot more we we could cover as well but you mentioned the importance of having a sound board and you've you know a couple of people around you that you would go to for maybe advice and, and ideas and that's just the way life works i guess and it's it's a part of making this whole press process uh what it is and doing the job to the best of your ability so you can touch on that but i'll also ask is it something that you're going to go ahead and do again you seem fairly made for this sort of crack but uh it's high energy it's high energy it's high energy high pace moving fast uh your mind needs to be switched on you really need to be turned on about it um in terms of the soundboard like that would be something that i would be advising businesses all the time that they're in like people sometimes are in businesses and maybe um one man show and i'm not disrespecting anyone the one-man show but they're keeping everything blocked up themselves or they're going home and they're talking about it in the wrong environment where they should be talking about it to someone that maybe understands it better or can help them better with it so for the rally i had two to three people that probably started with two and ended up with three that i was using to bounce things off ideas um to get their opinion different views on it and sometimes there's no point in saying it. you might want to vent a little bit because you're only human after all you know yeah. and it was just to say well look we don't like swine the z there that didn't work out and how it didn't work out and you know you went, might have thought it should have and it didn't and it's for someone to play it back to you to go well look graham hang on let's break it back down again so you need that it's important for everyone to have that um so i i suppose i managed that well kevin to be fair and again taking that from my own um personal daily skills of what i use is where i took that from and I suppose then you lead me into the question about am I going to do this in the future and whatever. Look, I thoroughly enjoyed this year. Um, I was as good as my team. My team were excellent and I'm delighted with them. And I'd just like, first of all, to thank each and every one of them. There's been a lot of people involved in making the event a success. I'm delighted that the people that chose me for the role um, thought I was the person for the job. And I feel I fulfilled that job as good as I could. I probably couldn't have given any more, Kevin, to be honest with you. I put in a serious amount of hours into it, uh, hundreds of hours. That's the only way I can describe it, hundreds of hours into it. Um, and looking forward to 2024, I'd certainly be happy to do it and put my um, name into it. It'd be wrong for me to say I'm going to do it because this will go back to the board for to see who else is in there for 2024 and if i'm not doing it for 2024 i'll fully be supporting the person that is doing it and that's again i'm back to extra motor club um but i i certainly would be taking it on and you know 2024 will probably be slightly easier having done some of the stuff this year um because i'm good at looking at something to future proof it and have it for the future going forward so i'd probably make short work of some of the stuff mm -hmm. sure if that happens but that's down to someone else to decide this was not me yeah yeah you know? but i suppose 
you know, just just lastly, just on that, I mean, there would be an obvious disappointment. You'd wish the next person the very best of luck, but there'd be an obvious inner disappointment. But there'd also be a party that knows, I know I probably will, I've done a good enough job to get another crack at this at some stage, if it doesn't work out this time. I guess that's the line of thinking, or am I completely wrong? Um, I feel I've done a good enough job to be able to do it again 100%, but if it came to the situation and there was other names in that and someone ended up with it, I'm not going to be disappointed by that because, like, at the end of the day, this is a, a motorsport event that I'm still going to be involved in. I'm still going to be heavily involved in it, no matter who's the COC of it. And, <clears throat> like, it's not life or death, Kevin, mm-hmm. either. No, you know, it's not that, you know, I'm going to take it really bad. Certainly not. You get on with it, you move on with it, and you just try and keep developing this forward because at the end of the day, it's about the club. Mm-hmm the event and trying to make it a better event um and a better club and a stronger club so look would i like to do it yes if i end up doing it great and if not great too i'm still there great way to finish up graham we've covered an immersive amount of ground it's something i wanted to do for ages thanks for coming on i mean so open and honest about the role and obviously your own i suppose personal life and what you do and to give a bit of insight and context into how those things overlap and for I suppose maybe offering something that could be taken on board by a COC running an event elsewhere. Uh, thank you so much, and um, we do appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on. Mother, and just Kevin, just for yourself as well, thanks. And like you gave us a lot of uh, pr- promotion there before the event on all your podcasts. Look, very much appreciate it. It was great to have you down for the Simonia start on the Friday night. And again, doing this this evening for us, really appreciate it. You know, and from the club point of view, thank you very much. Yep, and thanks for having me, Graham. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Thank you, Graham. The Irish Rally Podcast is brought to you in association with PFT Travel, Tekken Tools, Rally Connection, SVS Productions, Hire a Van and Lines of Limerick.